chapter 4 reading from verse 10 it says listen my son accept what I say that and the years of your life will be many amen amen how does our life years of our lives be many listen and accept what I say amen this is what the Lord is saying to us when we not only this year the word but we listen to it and we accept what the Lord is saying. Amen. Then he says, then your years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along the straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. Amen. When you run, you will not stumble. Amen. When you have the word of the Lord, when you have the direction of the Lord, you will walk and your steps will not be hindered. Amen. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man is ordered by the Lord. So I, I prayed this morning that, uh, that your steps will not be hindered. Then he says, hold on to my instructions. Do not let it go. Guard it, for it is your life. Amen. 
Amen. He says, do not set your foot on the, on the path of the wicked or the ways of the evildoers. Avoid, avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it. Go on your way. For they cannot rest until they do evil. And they rob, and they robbed of sleep till they come, until they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But he says, the parts of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining brighter and brighter till the full light of day. Amen. He says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Do not let, your, let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart. For they are life to those that find it and health to one's whole body. Above everything else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life. Amen. You know, one of the things we are learning is how to guard our hearts. Amen. And we're learning there, there is a few things that the Bible keeps emphasizing in Proverbs 4. It says, first, listen, accept, keep your eyes fixed on him, and then he says, guard your heart. He says, whatever you hear, guard it. Whatever you do, guard it. Amen. This is important for us today. Amen. That we would guard, <clears throat> sorry, that which the Lord has over our lives. So, Father, we come before you this morning. Teach us your ways. That we would walk in your truth. That we, O oh God, will celebrate. That we would rejoice in the God of our salvation. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace that's upon our lives. So this morning, Lord, minister to your sons and daughters. Father, we, de we, we declare and decree today that our hearts are open, our spirits are open, our minds are ready to receive that which you have for us. So even as we celebrate you today, let there be a spirit of celebration in the house. Let there be a spirit of worship in the house. Let everything be done bring glory and honor to your name. This we ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Won't you turn around, greet somebody. It is good to see you here this morning. Amen. Welcome to our Father's house, and even as we worship Him, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Now, we come to praise our Father. We want to thank Him right now because He's a mighty God. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise Him the way we know best, Father's house. All glory belongs to Him right now. Yeah. You can shout.
supposed to stand here this morning. Amen. Come on, we're going to have some joy right now because he picked me up. He turned me
some declarations. Amen. This is God's house. We are free to do whatever we want to. Amen. And give him all the glory right now. Come on. Let everything that has prayer. Come on. Let everything. Come on. That has prayer. Come on. I want to hear you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything. Let everything. That has prayer.
don't know what you're facing, amen. But I'm here to tell you right now that our master is alive, amen. And you gotta let the lion roar inside of you right now. Through those circumstances, those concerns right now, let the lion roar. You see, a lion is not passive, a lion is aggressive. He takes charge of things right now. Oh, he's got a mandate just like you and me right now. So you gotta roar through those circumstances, roar through those problems.
Hallelujah, Father. Something happens right now, Lord. It's happening right now, this moment, Father. Those valleys and those mountains, God. Prepare the way of the Lord. We sing, Lord, I want to make access for you in my life, over my home, over my family. Amen. Amen. Prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way. Prepare the way of the Lord. declarations when you decree and declare a thing the Bible says it will happen for you and light will shine upon your way amen so when you say oh valley be raised up that means those things that are low in your life those things that seems like it's almost dead those things that seem like it's not going to make it. Amen. You That opportunities are not coming your way. Doors are not opening for you. You're saying, oh valley, be raised up. I do not know about you, but I need, I need God to do some stuff for me. I need God to show up supernaturally in some area of my life. And so I'm saying, God, oh valley, be raised up. Over my home, oh valley, be raised up. Over my marriage. Oh, valley be raised up over my children. Oh, valley be raised up over the church. Oh, valley be raised up. Amen. And then I say, Oh, mountains, every obstacle, 
that is standing in your way. You've got to speak to that mountain. Amen. The Bible says when you speak to that mountain, it will move. Amen. Come on, come on. Somebody needs to speak to that mountain. That mountain may be the things that keep you in the same place over and over and over again. It seems like you can never break out of certain things in your life. There are some things you cannot do in the natural. You have to do it in the spiritual. Because whatever materializes in the natural first started in the spiritual. That means what was in the mind of God materialized as he spoke it. Amen. And so I'm here to say to you the same grace that is in your heavenly father is in you. So what is in the spirit realm? I pull it down. Amen. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. I'm not waiting for it to happen. I'm not waiting for it to materialize. I'm speaking it before it materializes. I'm calling those things that are not as though they are. Amen. That, 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 that breakthrough that I need, I'm calling it forth. Amen. So you need to do something today. Amen. So we in church today to do something. Amen. To speak. Nobody knows what you need like you do. So when you shout, don't worry about everybody else because you know why you're shouting. You know why you're calling upon the name of the Lord. So we say it again, amen. Oh, valley, be raised up.
Tell them, don't be quiet. Don't be quiet. Amen. God's about to do something in your life. But you got to open up your mouth. You got to declare it. Amen. One of the things that the enemy tries to do, he tries to silence our voice. And so today you have to purpose in your heart that you're not going to be silent. Amen. Be seated. Be seated in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to get to the table of the Lord this morning. Amen. I believe it's the right time. Amen. Because the table of the Lord is a table of blessing. It's a table of breakthrough. It's a table that symbolizes victory and triumph over sin and over the grave. Amen. That means Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it. I've come that you may have life. Now, life is for those that live. Not for those that exist. Amen. Amen. I have come that you may have this kind of life that is exciting. This kind of life that is overflowing. This kind of life that is infectious. Amen. We know about infections, right? And we know about being contagious. We, you know, you don't have to explain it anymore. People know it. Amen. But when you do it, you are, you are beginning to show the life of God. So let the life of God show out of you. Touch the lives of people around you. Amen. That today, I pray today, Jesus came. Two things he died. He, he dies on the cross so that no more there will need to be a sacrifice. He became the sacrifice. But the second thing was he came that you may enjoy life and abundant life. Not only when we cross over and we in heaven. But he says, in this life, in this life, that means as you're living right now, you can enjoy abundant life now. May you enjoy abundant life now. Amen. Now, I do not know about you, but I've grown up enough in a tough environment to know what it means to struggle, what it means not to have. And something I realized that it was never God's plan for us to struggle. It was never God's desire for us to keep on struggling in our life. But he says, I've come that you may have life and it more abundantly. So this morning, as you prepare to partake of the table of the Lord, whatever in your life that is holding you back, from experiencing the abundant life of God. Whatever in your life is holding you back from experience true freedom, true joy, abundant joy, excitement in every sphere of your life. The things that hold you back from just being passionate about God. I pray that God will remove it. That God will fill your life with joy. You'll fill your life with peace. Amen. Come on, let's just bow our heads together. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray over your sons and over your daughters today. 
that there will be this abundant life, the Zoe life of God. And so as we come to the table of the Lord, you said with desire, you have desired to partake of this. And you said, oh God, that you will partake of it anew again. So we understand that it is your body, that the bread is symbolic of the body that was broken. Oh God, the, the, the cup is symbol of your blood that was shed so that we can live victorious. We can live triumphant lives. So I pray today, the God that has promised to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think, ask, or even imagine. Lord, have your way in us. Have your way in, your in each family, in each home, in each person's life. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. The worship team will lead us in song as, as the ashes will serve you. Amen. And then we will partake of the emblems together. Amen.
Partaking of the table of the Lord is not just a ritual that we do at church, but it's a time of introspection. And we say, Lord, help us. We do not have to understand everything. We don't have to get everything right. But we say, Lord, you help us. So where you are not strong, may the Lord make you strong. Where you are challenged, May the Lord divinely intervene that so that you may be able to say that when I'm weak, I'm strong. When I'm poor, I'm rich. Amen. Father, we come before you today. We pray over the lives of your sons and your daughters. You love them. What an extraordinary love. So even in this time, guard their hearts. Guard their lives guards their choices and decisions and even as they move forward Lord go before them Holy Spirit be their guide, be their guard be their rear guard watch over them, let them always live under an open heaven, enjoying the protection of God this we ask in Jesus name and everybody said amen and amen, you may partake of the emblems Pass your cups to the tent of the row, amen. And Cohen will, will fetch it from you, amen. amen. Bless the Lord, amen. Thanks to the worship team, amen. You may be seated, amen. Our Sunday school may leave. Bless the Lord, hallelujah, amen. Now we're coming to that time of the year when it is close on to year end for our Sunday school and I know they're busy preparing some plays for us. Amen. Something that is going to bless us. So we thank God for them. Amen. And even for even for our youth that is preparing. Amen. So we're going to we're going to do that on the 17th. Right. On the 17th. So on the 17th please be here to support all of our children. Amen. And uh, I know you're going to be blessed as well. Amen. By it. Amen. We're always blessed when we see our children growing. Amen. And our children doing some things. Now, I know normally we come with our cameras and we come because those are important moments. Amen. So we're going to just celebrate together with them. Amen. The goodness and the grace of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to look at a few portions of Scripture today. And um, I'm going to go back to Acts chapter 3. And we've dealt with Acts chapter 3 before at the earlier part of the year. So please help my mic a little bit. Amen. So that I'm not shouting at anybody. Amen. 
Amen. I don't want you to think I'm shouting at you. Amen. It's the mic that's misbehaving. Amen. But if I get excited, I'll apologize for it. Amen. 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 We're glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I missed being here last week. I, uh, I, I forgot I had a commitment with, uh, with Pastor Ravi and uh, Shekinah, so I shared at his pastor's appreciation last week. Amen. And we had a powerful time. Amen. And so we thank God for that. Amen. So we're going to talk about the statement that Peter makes to the man that is at the gate called beautiful. Amen. And he makes a very simple statement. And yet it is very profound and very important. In verses 4, he says to him, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And Peter said, look on us. And so the man gave his attention, expecting to get something from them. Amen? So he said, Peter look, said to him, looked, looked straight at him, and said to him, look on at us. Somebody said, look, look at us. Okay. Some of the other versions, the King James says, look on us. Amen. And the man gave him, them his attention, expecting to get something. Amen. So I'm here to say to you today, there is something that is very key in the statement. And the thing that is key in the statement, he gave them his attention, expecting something. So I'm here to talk to you today about attention and expectation. Amen? Now you may be saying, but where is that going to, Pastor? If you're going to receive your breakthrough, you have to give God your attention. And then you have to walk in expectation. Amen. So I'm here to say to you today, that man was expecting something. But you cannot just expect something without giving attention first. Amen. Now, we're going to break it down a little bit today because this is important for us. Amen? Now, the first start, statement that I want to make to you is that there were a few stages in the progress of the man. That means there was something that had to take place that brought the change that the man needed. And I'm not going back to the story, uh, the whole account, right? And, and remember earlier this year I preached on destiny helpers. We spoke a few weeks on it, right? So we're going back to, to it, but I'm not speaking on destiny helpers. I'm speaking today about if you want a breakthrough in your life, give God your attention and walk in expectation. Amen. Now, there was, there's a few stages that we find the man. Firstly, we find him with an ugly problem at a beautiful gate. Amen. And that's sometimes evident of our life. We are positioned in the right place, 
But in our lives, things are not going the way it should be. Now, some of us can be like Naaman and hide what the, the things that are going wrong in our life. Or some of us can be transparent like this man that is lame from his mother's womb. Now, in those days, remember Acts chapter 1, Jesus is post the resurrection. He's revealing to them miracles and signs. The Bible says for 40 days he did miracles and signs that are not recorded, but he, he did it in, in the face of the people. Then he ascends to heaven and he gives them a promise. Acts chapter 2, there's a fulfillment of the promise. And the, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes. And now we're in Acts chapter 3, people that are, uh, are experienced an outpouring of the Spirit of God, but yet there are still people that are lame. There are still people that are broken. So I want us to understand this is a progressive journey. And so we, we, we find here something that is happening in the life of this man. We find him in that there are five stages of progress. Firstly, he's laying on the ground. And when he's laying on the ground, he's watching everyone and life pass them by. I do not know whether this is your position. You feel like you are so low that life is passing you by and you're watching others live while you are stuck. That's what the position of the man was. Now, in those days, often when somebody had an illness or a sickness, there was a major question. And the question was based on three things. Or there were three understanding or beliefs as to why people were born crippled, born blind, with some sort of disorder or sickness. The first one is that they sinned. The second one was someone in their family sinned. And the third thinking was that this is irreversible and cannot change. When Jesus shows up, he de demonstrates that irrespective of what brought you to this point, this must change. This is not the order. So I'm saying to you, in your life, whatever has brought you to the place that you are laying down, stuck, unable to move, I'm here to say to you, there is a power of God that is able to lift you up. Amen. All Peter and John does is says, look on us. They looked directly at the man and they said, look on us. And the man had to do something. He had to turn his attention. I'm going to ask Lanash to help me this morning. We're going to preach this thing together. Amen. And he's going to preach like, like Laurel and Hardy and say nothing. Amen. But, uh, amen. You can bring that basket, empty that basket, amen. 
Bless the Lord. Now, we understand that there were three phases. Let me take a sip here. Amen. He's going to be the man that was sitting at the gate. Amen. So he's going to have a front seat through the whole service. Amen. So the first position is the man was laying down. The second position is he was standing. Amen? Because Peter stretches his hand and lifts him up. Okay? So he is standing. Amen? So he's standing, but he's still looking at Peter. Amen? I'm here to say to somebody, it's time to stand up. It's time to get out of where you are. Get out of what you're feeling. Get out of what you're experiencing. Then the third thing is, he starts to walk. Walking represents movement. But it also says to you, ask or begs the question, where are you going? Are you going anywhere? What is the destination? Now, there are some questions that we all have to contemplate in some stage of our life. Is, where are you going? What is your direction? Right? So, when we ask the question, where are we going? What's our direction? The second one is, are we going anywhere? Some of us are are walking on a treadmill. There's movement, but you're on the same spot. You covered six kilometers, but you, go, you went nowhere. You are marking time. Right? You are staying in the same place. There's movement. You're giving all the indications that you're going somewhere, but you're not going anywhere. This is, remember, this is the time of the year we reflect. Is our life better this year than last year this time? Have we made any moves in our life? So I'm asking you the question, where are you going? Now, if you're a leader and you are leading people, but nobody's following you, all you're doing is taking a walk. Because people want to know where you're going to. People will follow you if they know where you're going to. Okay? The second thing is, are you going anywhere? Then, the third question is, are you growing? That means, is there any growth taking place in your life? Are you maturing? Can, can you handle what God is giving you? Amen? Amen? That means that the, in Galatians chapter 3, 26, it says, as long as a son is, although you're an heir, but as long as you are still immature, you're a slave. So that means you have an inheritance, but the thing that keeps you from your inheritance is maturity. So the question that comes is that, are you growing? Now, the question I ask you again, since last year to this year, 
have you grown? Now, you, you can say, yes, pastor, you know, the clothes that I used to wear last year don't fit. And, and, and that's justified. You know, we thank God for growth. But that's not the growth I'm talking about. Some of you are saying, but I'm a little taller. Some of you have been blessed to be a little slimmer. Amen. It's all right. Some of you are a little older. But I'm asking you, have you grown spiritually? Is there maturity? Is there a greater level of maturity? That means, can I handle more spiritual stuff now than what I could have handled before? Then it comes in and it says, are you progressing? That means we have a goal. We have a vision. We, have a, we, we understand what God's plan for our lives. But have we made any progress towards it? Amen? Now, these are contemplative questions that we all have to ask. And then the last question we have to ask is, who's going with you? Now, we have to understand that nobody's an island. And we have to have accountability partners. People that will hold us accountable for growing, for going, for progressing. Amen? Because other than that, if it's just left to us, the goalposts keep changing. You know, when we used to play soccer when we were young, sometimes the guys used to keep changing the goalposts because every time you keep scoring, you know those days you put shoes and T-shirt on the side to make goalposts. And then when you're scoring a lot of goals, they, all of a sudden the goalposts start narrowing. You know? So to make it easier for you to save, right? Now I'm saying to you, if you don't share your vision with anybody, you can keep changing the goalposts for your life. And you keep changing the goalposts. Today you're this, tomorrow you're that, Com today you, you're choosing to do this, tomorrow you're choosing to do that. And you keep changing it. Because sometimes these are questions as to why we're not accomplishing anything. Then the Bible says, after walking, he starts leaping. Leaping represents going to a higher level. You know, every time you jump up, you see things a little bit different. Right? Now, some of us can't jump as high. And some of us, when we jump, we come down quickly. It's gravity. It, it's, it's a normal thing that happens. Heavier things have a more gravitational pull. That's why some of us, our weight stays. Because, you know, we've got a greater gravitational pull. Amen? Some of us, it goes to the toes. Some of us, it stays in the midsection. Amen? But the reality is that he says he was leaping. He went to a higher level. And the last one was he was praising. You see, the thing is, if you want to move from laying on the ground, to praising God. There is some progress steps that you have to take. You cannot just move from laying on the ground to praising. Amen? Can I have a seat? Can I have a seat? He's, he's standing like to attention here. Amen. <laughs> but the whole aspect of it was 
based on two statements. He goes, Peter and John goes to him and he says, look on us. You can see what he's doing? He's looking. He's giving me his attention. The other thing that has taught him for many years he's there is he's you're expecting something. I got something for you. You want it? He's giving his attention, expecting something. Attention requires a lack of attention. Ah. Now that seems a little bit confusing, right? Attention requires a lack of attention. That means when he's giving me his attention, he's got a lack of attention of everything else that is going on around him. If you want to change your focus, you have to give God your attention. And when you give God your attention, your attention is moved from everything else that is going on around you. Right? This is important. But then, you have to focus on what God is saying now. In giving God your attention, you have to focus on what God is saying now. Not what God said in the past. What God is saying now. Now, if Abraham focused on what God said, he would have killed the son of promise. God initially said to him, go up to the Mount Moriah and sacrifice your son. Right? He's taken a few days journey. He's gotten up to the mountain. It's himself and his son. He's prepared the altar. He's placed his son on the altar. He's got the knife. He's about to sacrifice his son. And God speaks again. You've got to focus on what God is saying now. Because otherwise we will kill our promise. You see, sometimes some people are so focused on what God said that we're not focused on what God is saying right now. It says, the word of God, it, it said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. That means... There is a difference between preceding and proceeding. Preceding means it is in the past, something that went before. But proceeding is a present continuous tense, or it's a present future tense. That means it's saying to you, what I'm saying to you now has an impact on the future. Amen? So, he had to come to the place and understand. He is understood. People said to him, look on us before. But this time, someone is saying to him, look on us. Now, his whole teaching was telling him, all the years that he was lame taught him that something's about to come. Expecting. You sure? You're not acting like you're expecting. Oh, you, you saw how he changed? <laughs> when I said you're not acting like it, you're now shaking his bucket. You know, <laughs> you know sometimes when you stop at the robot and they see you, 
the person that is begging at the pool, when they see you looking at them, and they shake their head. What is he saying? There's an expectation. So he's giving me his attention, firstly by we connecting eyes, but then he's, but then in the, in the giving God your attention, you have to be patient. See, the problem is some of us want to reach in God's pocket and take it. Take it out. What God wants for us. We don't want to be patient. We want it now. The Bible says, wait upon the Lord. For those that wait upon the Lord, their strength shall be renewed. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But the waiting is the important part. It requires patience. The Bible says, wait upon the Lord. And in due season, it shall come. Amen? So for somebody that is in a hurry, and God is saying you wait, maintain your attention. Be expectant. He's patient. I mean, he's sitting here for a long time. That floor is not soft. But he's expecting, and there is a patience in it. But attention, lastly, requires engagement. Are you engaged? Figure out how much I got in this time. He's engaging. The more deeper I go, the more you know that there's something coming. Amen? In your giving your attention, engage with God. You can pray for your deliverance on your knees, but it's not until you get on your feet you're going to get what you're asking for. But then, expectation requires a few things. Re expectation requires faith. Faith is not just believing, but it's belief put into action. Faith is believing that God has already worked out whatever you've been trusting God for. Then expectation brings excitement. Now, the excitement doesn't start when you get what you want. Your excitement must start at the promise. Ah. You see, a lot of us get excited at Christmas only after we open the gift. I get excited at the promise. So don't promise something if you're not going to deliver. Is it? But how many of us know that whatever our God promises, he delivers? Amen? So Peter and John stopping to give their attention to the man wasn't in 
in any way trying to belittle the man's condition. It wasn't about giving him a false sense of hope. They, they, they were coming to him and they were saying, you got a reason to be excited. And if he knew who Peter and John was, he, he should have known that there is something that they carry that would uh, produce an excitement inside of him. But the problem is that some of us are waiting to get excited about something. Now, the problem is that some of us have been disappointed in the past. People have promised us stuff and never delivered. Amen? So for all the children that are buying gifts for their parents this Christmas, there's an expectation. There's an excitement. Amen? Daisy? There's an expectation. There's an excitement. Amen? Dad is saying, oh, surprise me. Cornelia? Mm. She already said, hmm. So, Mr. Mbele, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, Mr. Mbele. Just get excited about it. But if she don't deliver, hey, whole holiday, no food. Mr. Mbele loves cooking, so no food for Cornelia at home. But the reality is, I want you to understand that your expectation must also produce excitement. I'm here to say to you, whatever God has promised you in his word, it will come to pass. Some of us have been living on delayed and we felt like God was denying us. But we haven't done anything to position ourselves for what God is saying. So let there be an excitement. But then, there needs to be preparation. If you're expecting something, there needs to be preparation. See, he, he got his basket. That's why he's expecting something. See, he's prepared for whatever is going to come. He's prepared. Some of us are coming to God, but the container is not ready to receive. Amen? When you come, be prepared. Now, the problem is that we want God to do something. But we are not ready for what God is about to do. Everybody wants to be blessed. But not everybody is ready to receive the blessing. I pray to today that you will be able to handle when the blessings of the Lord comes upon your life. Amen? You will be able to manage it. Amen? You're going to be able to contain it. You're going to be able to steward it because this is important. But expectation also brings anticipation. Last one. When you have the promise, 
You have to anticipate the blessing. Despite the condition, anticipate the healing. Despite what you've been going through, expect. Now, the problem is the blessings may not be what you expect. But live on their anticipation that God is about to do. Amen? Expect unexpected blessings. Now, the problem with us is that we want God to bless us, but we want to determine how or what. So we have an expectation. You have an expectation. What's your expectation? What you going to get? Money. No, no, ask him how much. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think big figures. Amen. But he's expecting and anticipating money. When Peter looks at him, he's given his attention. His years of begging showed him that expect something. Because they wouldn't stop without wanting to give something. Now, you know, this time of the year, people that are begging move on your compassion. They, they, you know, they say, God bless you, God bless you. Sometimes you feel like you're unsafe because you're not giving anything, right? But the reality is that he has an expectation and he has, he's given his attention, he's anticipating. But what is he anticipating is money. But what does he need? You see, he's bought into the teaching of the day that said, I was born like this as a result of sin or as a result of the sin of somebody else or my condition is irreversible. That's why when he sits in the position of begging, he's saying, Money is my solution. The problem with many of us, we believe that our solution is a financial solution. When the solution is maybe a change of mindset. Maybe the solution is I need to begin to be transformed in my thinking and I have to be transformed in my heart or my condition needs to be changed. How many of you know if I give you money, it's not going to solve your problem? Because by the end of the, the week or the end of the day, that money is spent. And tomorrow you're looking for more money and it's not changing the problem. Because the problem is a mindset. The problem is a heart problem. The problem is a spiritual problem. This, the reason he's, he's sitting outside the gate of the temple. 
He's around the vicinity where God speaks and God moves. But he cannot access it. But you know one of the most beautiful parts of this account in Acts chapter 3? The miracle does not take place in the temple. The miracle takes place outside the temple. Now that speaks a lot. Because when the miracle cannot take place in the temple, it will take place outside. If the church is not conducive for a move of God, God will move outside the church. Because our attention is not on him. Our expectation is not on him. Many of us have learned how to buy into the language of church. But we haven't bought into what God has to us. You know the, the scriptures. You quote the scriptures. But it has not translated into something that has changed who you are. To experience all that God has for you. And I'm saying to you today. You want something? Peter turns around and says. Silver and gold we have none. But such as I have, I give to you. Rise up and walk. Walk. You can go sit next to Daniel. <laughs> you see, the problem is we can sit thinking that money is the solution. We can sit thinking that somebody else's handout is the solution. We can sit and we can build our lives dependent on everybody else around. I'll be excited, I'll be happy, I'll be joyful when everybody around me is excited. Your excitement can be built on events. Your excitement can, and joy can be built on, uh, on moments. But I want to live continuously with the joy of the Lord in my heart. Now, do, does it mean every morning I wake up excited? No. Some mornings I don't want to wake up. Am I alone? Two or three. I thank God that the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the word is established. So if I look for more, I would have been in trouble. Lucky it didn't say 10 or 12. I didn't have 10 or 12. Amen. But the reality is that God is saying, in your life, some of us are living in delayed and denied expectation. We're waiting for joy only when somebody else will make us happy. Nobody is going to make you happy until you have learned how to be happy all by yourself. Learn how to be happy with yourself. Because when you're happy with yourself, everybody around you will be happy with you. Hello? Some of you are saying, no, 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 this don't make sense, Pastor. See, the problem is we like the man. Sitting at the gate many years, people carrying you up, down, up, down. Some of you have gone heavy. 
but we still want people carrying us. I do not know about you, but there comes a time when you stop carrying. You know? I asked, uh, I asked Lorenzo Cohen turned 13 the other week. And in Jewish tradition, they call it a bar mitzvah. You know? And in the Jewish tradition of the bar mitzvah, the father will put the son on his shoulder and carry him around the room. Now, why are you all laughing? <laughs> I said, oh, Lorenzo, you start to put him on your shoulder, carry him around the room. So we celebrate it. You know? I did that for you, Dad. You carried him. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Now the only time I can carry him is in the swimming pool. <laughs> you know? But in order to carry him and celebrate, but the problem is that some of us are grown and somebody else is still carrying us. I'm saying to you today, it's about to change. Things have to change. You got to stand up. You start to move. You start jumping. You start praising God. Your spiritual life shouldn't depend on somebody else getting you to church, motivating you to be in church. You should want to build your own relationship with the Lord. Your attention should be trained, changed to the Lord. Your understanding should be changed towards the Lord. Your expectation must be, I need God to do this for me now. If you are thinking of building a life with somebody and you're a young person but are still single and you, or you engage and you want to build a life with, your, with the person, you've got to understand you can't build a life carrying somebody. How long? Because you said in your vows till death us to part. Hey, long time then. Pastor Margie, 36 years. A long time that we have to carry. Long time. 36 years. You don't even carry your children till two. Now I must carry one grown person. Is it? Come. The Lord is saying to you today, Look on him. Things are going to change. But when you look at him, don't determine what the outcome is going to be. Let him determine it. Because the Bible says he knows how to give good gifts. He's a heavenly father that gives good gifts. That means, you know what's a good gift? A good gift is a gift that helps to change you. A good gift is a gift that benefits you. It's not what you want. You know, how many of us, uh, you know, I'm talking about gifts this year so that you know for Christmas, you know. But, not for me, for your family. You know, this thing. but you know one thing is that when you give a gift, what is the gift? The gift is a symbol of you saying to that person, I think about you. I value you. 
I want to contribute to who you're becoming. Isn't That's how you do the gift. Now you don't just buy anything or you don't buy the, don't give the gift that was given to you. Isn't They call it re-gift. The gift that you didn't like, you give it to someone else that you said you liked them, but you really didn't like them. That's why we re-gift. That's how you end up with a lot of clocks. It's not that they want you to have more time. They may be sending you a message, you're running out of time. <laughs> you, know, you better make something better. But I'm here to say to you today, attention, when you want to experience breakthrough in your life or receive breakthrough, you have to give God your attention and you have to walk in expectation. I pray that this in some way has blessed you. It's a practical sermon, but it allows us some introspection. But I'd like you to pay attention to the questions that I ask you. Where are you going? Are you going anywhere? Are you growing? Are you progressing? And lastly, who's going with you? Because you cannot make it in life alone. God has put destiny people, helpers in your path to get you to where you're going. Let's just bow our heads together. The worship team can come up. Amen. Father, we bless you. We honor, we love you. We thank you for what you have done and what you are doing in our lives. So I pray today that you would speak to your sons and your daughters, that you, oh God, will reveal that which is on your heart. I pray for every one of them that is stuck, laying on the ground, watching life go by and watching others live their lives. Father, I pray today that you will change their position, change their location, lift them up, Lord. So even as we, we turn our eyes toward you and we turn our expectation toward you, we understand that expectation is the breeding ground for the miraculous. So let us live each day expecting God to do something in our lives. So bless your sons and your daughters even as they go into this week, as they reflect and as we consider our ways, move on our behalf. This year, we thank you that you have taken us higher in you. You have taken us deeper in the things of your spirit. So I pray today Lift your sons and daughters up. Let them receive a miracle. Let them receive a breakthrough. Let them receive a divine answer to prayer. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. 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 Amen.